Hello and welcome to Walter Fund Filtered. We have a very special guest today. Carrie Tharp is the president of Darlington Raceway. We're going back racing in America this Sunday, live on Fox Sports. NASCAR is back and Carrie is here to tell us all about what has gone into making our triumphant, our huge debut, our start, restart to the 2020 season. Well, I appreciate that, Michael. Uh, you know, we do have a lot of passion here at Darlington. A guy by the name of Jim Hunter, who I know you knew very well, uh, used to sit in this same chair that I'm at right now. And so having an opportunity to, to be at a racetrack uh, in a state that I love dearly. I've lived in South Carolina since 1985. Now, you and I are both from Kentucky. Uh, so Kentucky is my home, but uh, South Carolina has really been like my second home. But uh, I really enjoy it here. Uh, I, I do too. I love coming to Darlington. This is a, a great racetrack, some, a place that anybody that has the, the history and the heritage and knows NASCAR at all has to be so thankful and respectful for that track. And I think that's why, for me, it's such a perfect fit that you run that place because of your passion for South Carolina. You know the people, you understand the passion for motorsports. So uh, it's just a great fit. But uh, going back to Mr. Hunter for just a second, Tell me about uh, what it's like to, to sit in that chair, to, to, to remember him. We oh, all yeah. know it almost makes me cry thinking about his, yeah. you know, what a special person he was. He was, Michael. He was indeed a very special person. And, you know, he's from the state of South Carolina, too, and played at the University of South Carolina, where I worked for 20 years. And so I got to know Jim actually before I even came working for NASCAR. But I'll never forget once I started working for NASCAR, I was over at Darlington. It was like one of my first races that they had me work. And we were out in the parking lot. It had to be one or two o'clock after probably the Xfinity race. And he pulled up in his in his truck and and uh, probably taking a drag off of one of those Winstons. Uh, he said, uh, you know what? I said, what's that, Jim? He said, you're going to like this place here. Darlington is special. This is a special place to me. And one day it's going to be a special place to you. And this had to be in 2006, maybe, when he told me this. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Jim, whatever. So, but 10 years later, fast forward, uh, 10, year, 10 years later, you know, all of a sudden I, I become the president of Darlington Raceway. And I must have caught him in a weak moment, you know, when they, uh, when they called me and asked me if, they, if I wanted to come here. But it is, a, a, you know, very honoring, a very much of an honor and very humbling uh, to, to be here at Darlington. And, and uh, you know about this place. It's such a history-ridden uh, uh, facility. It's not the fanciest place. It's not the most modern place. But, you know, we're kind of like the Wrigley Field and NASCAR. And I can't think of a better place for the sport to come back uh, than here at Darlington. Yeah, I want to get into that coming back to Darlington. But you mentioned you're we're both from Kentucky and uh, – I want to go, I want to understand, you spent 20-some years in intercollegiate sports. I did. That was your, that was your life. Uh, yeah. First of all, tell me about how, as a kid in Louisville, uh -huh. you, you decided that was your path. And then, <laughs> I, that's a two-part question. Okay. That's the first part. Well, uh, you know, growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, big sports fan, big Kentucky Wildcat fan growing up. And uh, my dad was a huge Kentucky fan. And I remember he used to take me out to Freedom Hall, and we'd watch Kentucky practice uh, before they were getting ready to play Notre Dame. And we couldn't get tickets because you couldn't get tickets back then. 
And so he'd take me to practice, but they'd have 15,000 people at Freedom Hall watching Coach Rupp uh, get, run his team through its paces. So I, co- I become a big uh, sports fan at a young age, thanks to my dad. And, uh, you know, I played sports at a young age, uh, but didn't, uh, obviously, wasn't able to go to that next level. So I wanted to get into some kind of a sports field. I didn't want to become a sports writer per se, but I wanted to get into something that public relations uh, or what have you. So I went to school down at Western Kentucky, went to school with a lot of people from Owensboro uh, that, that went to Western Kentucky down there in Bowling Green. So went down there and worked in their uh, sports office for a year. Uh, and then, you know, I said, you know what, I, I need to get out of here and give me some experience. So I went down to the University of Tennessee. And I uh, got a graduate assistant down there. Boy, that was a, that was a no-no for my dad going to the University of Tennessee. <laughs> in Tennessee, do not get along. And I remember I told him, I said, Dad, I think I'm going to grad school. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to UT Knox. He said, well, who in the heck's paying for that? I said, well, I don't know. I hope maybe you might help me. But went down there. Uh, Michael, it was the best thing I ever did working there, getting involved in some really big-time sports. Went out to Oklahoma and worked four years out there and that was certainly a great experience then came to South Carolina and worked 20 years there and and I've been here ever since since 1985 but you're right college sports was my passion for 26 years and um, you know I, I was content to stay in college athletics and then I got a phone call from a guy I'd gone to school with I think you probably know him Mark Dyer that used to be in NASCAR and uh, he asked me he said hey have you ever thought about leaving college sports? I said, no, not really. He said, well, we got an opening here in the office in Charlotte uh, to do uh, uh, PR. And I said, well, Mark, no offense. I said, but I don't even watch NASCAR. I said, I don't know. What I know about NASCAR, you can write on a matchbook cover. And, I mean, that was that was the honest to goodness truth. But <clears throat> he said, why don't you come down to Daytona? This was in 2005. And so I was down there for the Bush race back then. Spent all day down there. Hunter was there and several others and uh, came back. My wife said, uh, what'd you think? I said, I don't know what the heck I saw, but it was cool. I said, this NASCAR is cool. So I started working and, and started actually working in the licensing side of things. And then Hunter and a guy by the name of George Pine said, you need to come over and work in, commu- or in, in competition. I said, well, Jim, I will. I said, but I don't know anything about it. He said, oh, don't worry about it. You hang out with a guy like Darby or Robin Pemberton for a couple of days. You can figure it out. You can talk about it. And lo and behold, if I didn't start working on the competition side, I did it for about 11 years, got to know you and others uh, very, very closely because you're at the track every single week just about and working in the garage. To me, that's, that was been just such a blessing getting to know all the folks in NASCAR and, and getting to know the drivers, the teams, the sponsors, the guys that turned the wrenches, you know, the, the everybody. And, and so uh, it's a sport that I've fallen in love with. And, uh, you know, here I am now at, at Darlington getting ready to put on three races in four days. <laughs> well, to me, um, as, a, as a young kid, you know, I looked up to my brother and I wanted to be like my brother. And every step along the way in my growth of NASCAR, it's been about people, mm-hmm. people I've met and people I admire and people I respected. And it sounds like it's the same for you. You know, you were a, you were a collegiate sports guy 26 years, but you mm-hmm. met people at the right time that intrigued you and you appreciated, you respected it, and it made you want to grow. It grew your interest and made you want to be a part of this great sport. And I think 
for for me, that's that's what NASCAR is all about. It's it's the people that are involved that make you so so passionate about it and want to be a part of it. There's no doubt about it, Michael. I mean, I think the greatest thing about our sport is the people. And uh, I can't tell you how they make a car go faster. I can't tell you exactly how they make it turn better in the corner. But I can tell you what, we got some great people in this sport that know what they're doing. Uh, I think by and large, it's a, it's, it's a, I will use, I think it's a God fearing people. It's people that, that love doing what they're doing. They love being around each other. They have a passion. Uh, they're a support group. Now they want to compete and they want to win uh, race in and race out. But it, it's just a, it's a people sport uh, that I have fallen in love with. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, every week is different. Every single week when you show up in a NASCAR town, it's the biggest sporting event going on. And, and so, you know, to, to be able to, to say that you're a part of a professional sports league that puts on great events that people have a great passion for uh, is, is pretty exciting. And, and certainly now where we are in this time now in our country, in this world, things are different. And so, you know, we're going to put on these events coming up here without fans. And so that's entirely different and entirely uh, unlike anything that we've done before. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to give it our best shot uh, and, and see what happens. Yeah, I know we are. And I know we're going to make it special. And before we get into the, to the action that's coming up at your great speedway, I would like to hear if you have just one, one or two stories about Mr. Hunter. <laughs> I mean, I know he's the reason yeah. you're a, you're a passionate guy and you're also yeah. a very committed person, 26 years in, in collegiate sports, right? Great family, great family man. And now what are we nearly 20, 15 years in NASCAR? Mm -hmm. So you're a committed, a, a committed man, but, but, when you met him for the first time, you had to wonder if you were making the right decision or not. <clears throat> oh yeah, Jim Hunter is a guy he could he could uh, bite your head off and then put put his arm around you, you know, five minutes later. But one story sticks out in my mind, and, and I know this is a this is a family program, so I won't use all the colorful language. But <clears throat> we uh, we were at Talladega, and uh, Regan Smith had gone below the yellow line. Believe me, I've heard about that about a hundred times. Yeah. Thought he had won the race and, uh, he got DQ'd because he went below the yellow line. So, you know, I'm on, on the phone, on the radio and, and know everything's going to get hectic and, and so forth and so on. And so, uh, Hunter calls me and goes, Hey, you need to get out on pit road and tell Regan he didn't win the race. I said, I need to do what? He said, you need to go out there and tell him he didn't win the race. Well, I go out there, and I knew Regan a little bit, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of said, hey, hey, hey Regan, uh, you know, they black flag you, you went below the yellow line. And I won't tell you exactly what Regan told me, but uh, it wasn't very, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very, hey, thanks, Kerry, a lot. I appreciate it. You know, maybe we can hang out and go to dinner one night. So we had that little, little, little incident there, and then all of a sudden I go back out to the hauler, because uh, all the media are flocking out there to the hall, and they want to talk to Hunter and and find out, you know, what's the deal? You know, uh, you know, he just got DQ'd. I think they moved him all the way back to like 17th, last car on the lead lap, or something like that. What the rule is, 
And so I go into the into the hauler, and of course the smoke's all over the place and everything because you know Hunter's in there. And so I say, hey Jim, man, we got a, a, a flock of media out here that want to get our, our our take on exactly what the ruling was from competition. He said, all right, I'll come out there. We'll take care of it. So he goes out there. And let's rewind uh, back to Daytona that year. We had a truck race. And I don't remember all the particulars, but something similar happened at the truck race where somebody went below the yellow line, but they didn't black flag that guy, and he won the race, okay? And I remember Hunter afterwards, they said, well, why come they didn't black flag him? And Hunter said, well, hey, when you see the white flag, all bets are off. You can go wherever you want to go, okay? Then we come to Talladega, and he has this ruling. And uh, I'll never forget, he was out there on the on the uh, back of the hauler, and that smoke's coming out, and the media's four or five deep, and one of the media goes, hey, Jim, back at Daytona, you said, uh, you know, if you see the white flag, all bets are off. And he takes a big drag on that, on that Winston and looks at the guy, and he goes, I don't give an F what I said at Daytona. This is Talladega, just like that. So I was like, myself, I said, oh, my goodness, I said, you know, Hey, if you can handle media like that, you know, I learned stuff like that. Michael, and you know what I'm talking about. You learn how to deal with people. Sometimes you take a situation, you got to use humor as a little bit of a, of, a, of a catalyst and so forth. But Tim was one of those guys that could take a situation like that and turn it into a positive or turn it into something where kind of diffuse the situation. And, uh, you know, that's probably one of the things I remember most about him was his ability to relate to people and, 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 and make people feel good, good about themselves, too. I know he had great relationships with a lot of the drivers, and he would take some of the drivers under their wing. I remember when Denny Hamlin was coming up. You know, Denny was, you know, kind of get off the path every now and then and, and do something probably that they didn't want him to do. But I know Hunter had a real interest in Denny Hamlin. And I think there was a lot of times Denny would go to him in the hauler in private and probably say, hey, you know, Jim, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Can you help me? And that type of thing. And, and Jim was one of those guys, uh, Michael, that was kind of a sounding board. You know, you had Mike Helton uh, who would lay the law down, and you know what I'm talking about. But then you had Jim, once the law got laid down, he'd walk you outside and say, hey, you know what? Hey, just take that with a grain of salt, he's only doing that for your own good. It's only going to make you a better driver and a better competitor. By that time, that guy's walking out of the hauler with Hunter going, you know what, I'm glad I got my ass chewed out. So, you know, Hunter was one of those kind of guys that could just take a situation, diffuse it, and make it better uh, as you move forward. Yeah, he's, for me, uh, I lost my dad, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then then I lost Dale. And those were, those are my guys. Oh yeah. And, you know, for a while there, Mr. Hunter was my guy. Yep. You count on him for that type of guidance and direction to help you feel better about shit that probably didn't go the way you hoped it would. That's right. That's right. I, I, I this is a, this is just how I feel about you. I look at you as a guy that can help these young kids too. Mm. You know, you're an experienced veteran. You've been around for a long time you, you've been in the college world now you're in the NASCAR world and so when when when, when folks need direction you, you you're that guy as well. well I appreciate that and I enjoyed my relationships with the drivers and uh, I really do and uh, I just think that uh, they're some of the coolest people on the planet and uh, I enjoy my relationship with the media 
you know, sometimes I might not always agree with what they say or how they report it, but I, you know what, they got a job to do. And, you know, 99% of the time they're doing it the right way. And so I just enjoy people. I enjoy getting to know people. I enjoy, I want people to feel good about themselves. Why in the hell should you browbeat somebody when they're getting beat up most of the time? Anyhow, you should prop people up. You should make them feel good about themselves. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the philosophy that I have. And it really doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a big company or if you're a guy that's, you know, sweeping up the, the garage over at, at uh, 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 you know, the nearest gas station. So uh, those are the types of, of things that, that I get a, a great deal of pleasure out of. And, and that's being around people and, and, and making people feel good. Well, I love people too. And I, I made a living uh, because, you know, I appreciate how, appreciate, appreciate folks. And, and my passion these days, uh, Carrie, is if I, I see a guy walking toward me and he smiles because he sees yeah. me, I mean, I think God gave me that gift, you know, oh, yeah. I made, make people happy. And if you're the track president, you generally have 60, 50, 60,000 people in your grandstands that, you mm -hmm. know, your, your job is to make sure they have a great experience. I fast forward to, to this weekend and, you know, it's going to be different. I feel like um, Denny Hamlin, I heard him say this, which this helped me a lot. I've been to many racetracks and practiced and tested with no one in the stands. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way testing works. You, you go out there and you run your car, you test it. And when I'm in my car, it doesn't feel any different when whether we're people in the stands or not right when I'm doing it because I just I'm there to make my car better and so I had experience about you know driving a car with no one watching but you don't have experience of running a racetrack when there's there's no fans there it's kind of right. really hard for you to to even we're just you know five days off and you're you're faced with something that you've never done before and right. it's got to be really challenging. It is, Michael, and, and it's so much different putting on events without fans and with fans. And, uh, you know, because, you know, in, in, the, in the role of a track promoter, you're selling, you're promoting, you're getting people excited, you're generating enthusiasm for your event, you're setting up hospitality, driver interaction, uh, you know, putting on – putting on everything you can to make sure that when that patron steps on your property and spends their hard-earned money and their time coming to your event, that they're going to have a, a great time and want to come back next year. They're going to circle that Labor Day date at Darlington on their calendars. And that's what we've been trained to do and, and love doing. And so putting on these events now, the, the three events in the next four, uh, four days, without fans is really kind of unengineering what we do. Uh, first and foremost, right now, with these events, we got to make sure that we create a safe environment for the competitors, okay? And everybody that's going to be a part of this event, they need to be safe, medically safe when they get there, when they're there, when they depart, and when they come back. And so that's top priority. We, obviously, we want to have great racing too, which I know I'm, I'm really confident that we will. But, uh, you know, not to have the fan element there is, uh, is just different. 
And, uh, you know, not to, you're going to come through the tunnel at Darlington on Sunday, and instead of seeing, you know, eight or 9,000 fans in there and RVs and tents and all types of campers and so and so forth, and the stands starting to get crowded and that type of thing, it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like one huge um, uh, NASCAR uh, uh, crew, team, hauler, conclave. Okay, because we're using the entire garage really to social distance. Really kind of amazing how this is all playing out. And so, you know, I, I feel that I feel like the racing is going to be great. I really do. These these guys haven't driven a real race car in two months. You know, the eye racing has been great, and and Fox and you guys have done a super job with that. But we're talking thirty six hundred pound machines on one eighty five at Darlington. It's it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be exciting, but it's going to be different. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the cars on the track, and we're the first major league sport mm -hmm. that have hit the hit the road, and and Fox is going to be there to cover it. And I'm appreciative of all that. I can't wait to see it. I know our our athletes, our drivers will overachieve. They'll they'll put on the show that mm -hmm. they'll think they've been in the cars forever. <laughs> uh, but but it's it's everybody's watching the whole world is is going to watch nfl nba the major oh, yeah. everybody's going to watch and see how nascar handles this and we have to make sure that like you said we provide a safe environment for our athletes to go right. compete and it's to me for me i get it but i, I just feel for you because you're a promoter you know, mm -hmm. you want fans in the stands. You want everybody right. to party and have a good time. Right. You have, to, you have to flip your focus and say, okay, for for the next uh, week, I've got to just make sure I provide a safe atmosphere mm -hmm. for the competitors. And I know I've seen some uh, some documents from NASCAR about what all we have to do to make right. sure we're safe. How much have you been involved in that? How much has it been a collaboration between the track and NASCAR so that you you understand that when we get done racing mm -hmm. next Wednesday, you can say, Darlington Raceway did our part. We can go on to Charlotte because right. it was a safe environment and we put right. on a great show. Well, you know, I've told people from the get-go, once once – you know, it was announced that uh, they were going to come back racing uh, in May at, at Darlington. Uh, what an honor. Uh, it's, it's a tribute to our racetrack, our history, uh, and those types of things. But it's also a big responsibility. Uh, we have to get this right. As you said, other sports leagues are going to be watching us. Uh, millions are going to tune into Fox. We're going to have a great TV day Sunday, Michael. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Fox Sports live, 3.30 at Darlington Raceway. This is the first live sporting event of any significance since who knows when, early March, right? And so uh, this is big. And uh, it, it's, 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 like I said, it's a big responsibility because we, you know, we got a great plan in place. I really feel like we do. We have been connected at the hip with, Racing operations, competition, medical liaison, security, uh, NASCAR leadership. I mean, we've had, 
at least three or four calls a week for probably the last three and a half to four weeks. We've had multiple site visits, uh, and it's been a great collaboration and communication. We got a great plan. I really believe it, but we haven't executed this plan before. You know, just like the coach that has a great call sheet, he thinks these, these, these plays will work uh, in the fourth quarter, but they've never been run before. So you got to execute this, and you also need to be able to adjust because there's going to be things that come up that we're going to have to adjust, and we're going to have to adjust quickly and efficiently. And I'm thinking that Sunday's race, we're going to learn. We're going to uh, get best practices. And then we'll apply those to Tuesday night's Xfinity race. And then we'll learn. We'll get best practices and apply those to Wednesday night's cup race. And so I think each, each particular race, we're going to get better doing what we're doing. And uh, that's exciting, but it's also a challenge to be able to do something that, like that. A lot of great people involved. My goodness, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, you know, a team effort of everybody. Charlotte, Concord. Uh, Darlington, Daytona, everybody's pulling on the same piece of rope and wants to have the same results. And that's putting on a, a great race with safe, uh, safe uh, environment. Well, you know who you sound like? The old ball coach. <laughs> friend Steve Spurrier. I mean, yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you draw up the ball plays, but I don't know if that play is going to work, but we better look at another play. But you're, you're right. I mean, this is kind of like that because, uh, like you said, this is uncharted. You know, I don't know of any sports league that's ever put on an event without fans, at least on purpose, you know. But uh, so this is entirely different. Uh, it's going to be something, I think, that uh, we want to come out of this, Michael, and, and other sports leagues, we want them to be able to look at us and say, you know what? They got it right. You know, this is how maybe it should be done. Yeah. And maybe this will allow other sports leagues to start thinking and preparing to get live sports back in their particular sport. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I particularly appreciate the collaboration from, mm -hmm. you know, from Fox Sports. We're Absolutely. Obviously a huge part of this. and Huge part of it. I mean, they, they, they are the ones that are, are showing this, right, to the millions and millions of people. And they, we've been on calls with them, and they've been awesome to deal with, awesome. And, uh, and, and it, it'll be kind of cool, too, uh, Michael, because Fox hadn't been back at Darlington in a few years, you know, because we've been in the back half of the schedule, and you know what I'm talking about. But it's going to be great to have Fox here. Uh, and I know the talent's actually going to be in Charlotte, but to be on that big Fox channel, uh, on Sunday and then FS1 on Tuesday and Wednesday is uh, it's a real real shot in the arm for us. Well, and the good thing, and I don't want to toot my own horn because I'm a Fox Sports guy, but we've kept the fans engaged over a Absolutely. million people watch on Sundays on Fox. Exactly. On, on the big station. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that's been awesome because I tell you what, you know, nobody told them they had to do that, right? And so I think that just shows a commitment they have to the sport, the commitment they have to live sports and to this country to make sure, people, you know, fans get some type of entertainment. And my hat's off to the leadership at Fox and, and uh, everybody that was involved in making that iRacing happen. Yeah, it's a collaboration between the drivers, obviously. They, they uh, had to give their time and 
and the network right. box making that happen. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about about NASCAR. What? No one will be at your racetrack other than competitors. What do you like? What if you had a couple buddies that wanted to set up in the grandstand? <laughs> wanted to sneak in the corner of the grandstands? Can can they yeah. do that, or, or is it just like no? Yeah, uh, I think Mike Helton put it best on one of our calls a few weeks ago. He goes, "This is the opportunity for you to say no," and you know, you know, when you're having live sports and you have fans that want to come and you want buddies to come, you know how it is. I mean, you know, you try to make concessions here and there, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's not where we are right now. Uh, it, it, you know, we got to take small steps to make this happen. And the most important step that we are taking right now is putting on a live sporting event without fans. And so, uh, the answer is no. Uh, if somebody wants to come, uh, not this time. Watch it on Fox. That's what we're telling our fans. Hey, the best way that you can support Darlington, the best way that you can support NASCAR's return to racing, and, by the way, the best way you can support live sports in this country is stay at home, watch it live on Fox, and, uh, you know, as, as, this, as this plays out, you know, race by race, week by week, then hopefully we can get fans back in the stands, but now's not the time for that. I understand, and I couldn't agree more. I'm glad it's just a, it's just a black and white, you know. Mm -hmm. that you ain't in. We're going to race our cars. It's all about TV. That's right. And the TV deserves that. They've done Absolutely. so much. They put us on the map. Absolutely. Uh, and part of the TV is is the pre-race. And mm -hmm. I, I hear there's a pretty special South Carolina guy that's going to sing the national anthem. Absolutely. And, you know, when we – found out we were going to host this first race back, uh, you know, that was my first thought, you know, hey, National Anthem, no-brainer, Darius Rucker. So we reached out to his folks. Uh, he, he, and I know you and him are buddies, uh, and I know that for a fact because it got word back to me that you all had talked uh, about him possibly doing this. So I appreciate that, uh, that, uh, that, that connection there. But, uh, Yes, it was announced earlier today that he is going to sing the national anthem uh, virtually <clears throat> on Sunday. But uh, you know, how cool is that? There, there's no more well-known South Carolinian than Darius Rucker. And, uh, you know, the guy's an icon. He loves NASCAR racing. You know, he was down at Daytona this year for, for pre-race. And... Uh, it's a, it's a real honor uh, that he's agreed to do that, and um, I think the fans are going to enjoy it. I wish I wish we could have him here in person do it, right? Uh, but, again, that's not where we are. And uh, But he's going to do it virtually, and I think he's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, he said he wished he was going to be there in person to do it, too. And I hear uh, an honor to the first responders. The first responders are going to give the command. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and what better fitting – uh, thing for that to happen. These are the folks who've been on the front lines, not, uh, doctors, nurses, uh, med techs, ambulance drivers, uh, you know, uh, policemen, uh, you know, fire department, everybody. Everybody has pitched in and, and allowed our country to continue. And so I think NASCAR's got a really cool initiative. I think they're going to talk a little bit more about it later this week, but uh, we'll allow them to, uh, to officially start the race. Well, I cannot wait for Sunday afternoon uh, on Fox. I'll be tuned in watching, and um, I hope – how's the family, the, the kids and grandkids all doing good? They're doing good. In fact, I saw my grandkids uh, this past Sunday uh, for Mother's Day. They live up uh, 
in Matthews. And uh, so we was up there for that day. And uh, my youngest son actually works at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. He's a social media manager over there. So, you know, they'll have uh, uh, the second stage of the races. But I think it's cool, Michael, when you think about it real quick here. The Carolinas are bringing racing back, okay? South and North Carolina and the tracks, Darlington, Charlotte, are bringing racing back to our fans and to this country live on Fox. And, you know, when you think about it, NASCAR racing, that's a hub of it, the Carolinas, and, and we're glad to be a part of that. Well, I got to tell you something. When I, I, I've always had, a, I think, a pretty, pretty good perspective of NASCAR. And it takes all kinds of different people to make it work. Mm -hmm. And you are one of my favorite people because you got your sleeves rolled up. You're like, I've been here. I, <laughs> I learned from Hunter. I, I know what I'm doing. No fans. All right, that sucks. But, yeah, <laughs> there will be no fans. And we're going to yeah. make sure that our staff from top to bottom follow the rules, keep everybody safe. That's and right. Watch and when 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 we walk away from Darlington, South Carolina, people are going to say they did it right. That's and right. Well, that's our hope. That's our hope, and that's our goal, and that's what we intend to do. You are the guy that needs his arms around that, and I appreciate you for that. And I'm glad you're that man. And I'll tell you what, your son uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and this is what I love about the world. Like I look at you as as a as a sergeant. You know, right. guys, go, go get it done. And then I look at Marcus Smith as sort of a a, a visionary guy that says, "Oh yeah, this is how this is going to work." And that's how no that's question. And and that's perfect. You know, you you got to have you got to have different personalities from mm -hmm. top to bottom. And I'm so thankful that we're going from from you over to to Charlotte and Marcus. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm really I'm really liking where we're at for the for the restart of NASCAR and the restart of professional sports in America. Couldn't be prouder to be a part of NASCAR, and, and thank you for your time today. Hey, Michael, it was a real uh, pleasure to be on, and I appreciate what you do for the sport. Uh, you've been in the sport for many, many years, your family, your brother. I uh, love Daryl to death, and uh, just thank you for having me on, and uh, continue best wishes, and I hope to see you down the road very, very soon. Yeah, I can't wait to see your racetrack full of fans in the stands again, and I'll be one of them up there. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kerry. Wow, that was so much fun. Thank you so much, Kerry Tharp. Thank you, NASCAR, Darlington Raceway, Fox Sports, everyone that's collaborated to bring live sports in a major way back to American TV. It's going to be a great Sunday afternoon. Tune in, 3.30 Sunday afternoon, Fox Sports. We're going racing. And I'm telling you, these drivers, they're on the edge. What's it going to be like? No practice, no qualifying. Diving down into turn one for the first time. And remember, Ryan Newman, after that huge crash in Daytona, he's back. And Matt Kenseth, after a year off. And remember this about Matt Kenseth. The last time we raced in Darlington in May, Matt Kenseth got the checkered flag. He hadn't been in a car in a long time. What will that look like? It's going to be such a great Sunday afternoon. Be sure to tune in and also tell your friends about Walter Funfilter. We're on the Fox Sports YouTube channel. You can add us on your favorite podcast app. And I would guess if you're watching right now, you know all about that. But you can tell your friends about Walter Funfilter on their favorite podcast app. 
Thanks so much for watching. Thank you, Carrie Tharp. You were awesome. It was a great show. Can't wait till next week.